Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I'm talking with the chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, just re-elected, by the way. He's also the former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, congratulations on a second term. Well, thank you very much. It was a, a good race. We had four candidates running for chairman. Every seat was contested except the treasurer's seat. We have a CPA that stepped up and said he was going to run. Everybody else said uh, he looks like the most qualified candidate. But a lot of competition, and I think competition is always good. So my hat is off to the other people that ran for chair of the Republican Party. We did get the support in order to lead for another two years. We'll be talking in the second segment with Robert Aragon. He's the first vice chair newly elected of the Republican Party of New Mexico. And in the third segment, we're going to be visiting with Bob. Graham, again, one of the new people elected to the board. Only one person carried over, Amy Barella from Otero County. It's a CD2 vice chair. So we're going to give you a chance to meet all of those in the next weeks. But today we've got the first and second vice chairs. But i tell you the big news of the week is that the Texans filed a case in the Supreme Court saying that if you cheat in uh, any state, you cheat for all states, that if you have caused voting violation somewhere else, it takes away the vote no matter where you are across the nation. Now, the Supreme Court refused to hear that. The Republican Party of New Mexico weighed in before that case was actually decided and said, yes, we think it's a good lawsuit. It's a question that needs asking. And uh, so the Supreme Court then kind of summarily decided they weren't going to listen to it. Now, the findings weren't that dramatic. They said that Texas really did not have the standing to bring a lawsuit on behalf of the entire nation, that the votes that happened in Georgia are contained in Georgia. Now, I will tell you that in environmental law, the Supreme Court in the past has decided in the opposite direction. There are states that will sue Louisiana and New Mexico saying your production of fossil fuels ruined the environment for all of us. And so that judicial precedent has been set that they're going to allow suits to go on from one state against another other state for ruining the environment for all of us. The same principle should apply in votes, but they declined to hear that. I think that they're setting the stage for a more dramatic case, that they want it to be clear cut. They want a case that speaks to the corruption, to the fraud. And in that regard, I will tell you that New Mexico started counting votes Tuesday of this week. We impounded those ballots last week. The judge took three or four days to assess exactly what it was that we were asking. We're asking to be able to count votes in specific regions and compare those to the votes that the machine says existed. And if we find anomalies, then we're going to spread that look at the election process across the rest of the state. So hang on, because that is going on as we speak. Now, I want for our listeners to hear the radical way that Democrats are now talking about Trump supporters. One of the things about this nation is that you could be for Thomas Jefferson or you could be for Aaron Burr. You could be for John Quincy Adams or you could be for his opponent. And it's always been okay. But now Democrats are acting more like Marxists and they're saying, if you don't take the Democrat line, then we're going to come after you. And if you don't believe that, listen to this lawmaker from Michigan, a Michigan state rep. And listen to the tone of her voice as well as her words. I want you to hear what is being said across the country now. So this is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. We ain't playing with you. 
enough of the shenanigans. Enough is enough. And for those of you who are soldiers, you know how to do it. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. That was Representative Cynthia A. Johnson of the 5th House District in Michigan. So, in other news, everybody's wondering where the FBI is and where the Justice Department is and all of these questions about voter fraud. They have not lifted a finger. I will tell you that for months I believed that Bill Barr was probably a member of the deep state, a member of the swamp, just like Comey and others before him. And now then it's turning out that just this week in an article in the Wall Street Journal, On December the 10th, you had two female journalists bringing an article out, which absolutely declares that Bill Barr knew all about Hunter Biden's investigation, that he was deeply implicated, and he kept it secret. He actively worked to keep that secret, keep it out of the press. Now, the press helped him out a lot because the conservative press, Fox News and others, were blasting it out. None of the liberal media put it out at all. And Bill Barr never made announcements which would have required they at least handle it in some way. He also has said nothing about the laptop, which directly implicates the vice president. This article in the Wall Street Journal says, well, there was uh, no implication that former Vice President Biden knew about any of the things going on. There's much evidence that that is simply not true. So watch for that to play out. Again, if you watched the special prosecutor, Durham, he was supposed to be coming up with all the answers to what went on in this Mueller investigation. And the truth is that I believe both of them were just burning up the clock waiting for President Trump to not be in office. And I don't think anything's ever going to happen to the people who set up and did things to the president while he was a president. It's very obvious that the Obama administration spied on President Trump, that they set up that whole fabricated network based on the dossier that Hillary Clinton's team put out. It was a hoax from day one. And yet our most important and influential members of the Justice Department used that false information to justify an impeachment inquiry against President Trump. And nothing is going to happen to any of that. And the last thing, as we close out this segment Bill Clinton is in the news again. His former insider, Doug Band, went on a discussion with Vanity Fair and said just outright that, of course, Bill Clinton spent time at Little St. James Island with Jeffrey Epstein. He made a couple of dozen trips on the Lolita Express going down there having sex with underage girls. Some of those girls who've outright said that that occurred, Bill Clinton denies it. But here is his former chief insider, Doug Band, saying it in Vanity Fair. And again, the corporate media never say a word about it. And so this idea that uh, that if we simply keep the news out of the news, that most people will never investigate. They will never listen to the conservative radio and TV talk shows. And so... It's as if it never happened, as if it didn't occur. Uh, That's one of the dangerous things going on in the media right now, that they will prosecute to the fullest if a Republican does something. But if a Democrat does something, it's almost as if it's not newsworthy and it never sees the light of day. So a lot lot happening. Again, great show. Stay tuned in the second segment for Robert Aragon, the first vice chair of the Republican Party of New Mexico. 
On behalf of the New Mexico Department of Health, take COVID-19 precautions. Wash your hands frequently for 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Use a tissue or your elbow to catch your sneeze or cough. Avoid large gatherings and close contact with sick people, especially if you are elderly or high risk. If you have a cough, fever, or shortness of breath, stay home from work or school. Do not go to the ER or doctor's office without first calling the coronavirus hotline. And avoid all unnecessary out-of-state travel. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico, as Steve Pierce interviews our first guest, Steve. Well, Derek, as we mentioned in uh, segment one, we have two special guests with us today. They're part of the newly elected board of Republican Party of New Mexico statewide vice chairman, first vice chairman, Robert Argon is with us. And Robert, uh, thanks for being on the show, but also thanks for running and, and taking on one of the leadership roles in the Republican Party of New Mexico. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you live, what your job is, and just basically who you are. Sure. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'm Robert Otagoyne. I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My first home was down in a place called the Sanjo in South Valley in Albuquerque. I went to school here at, in Albuquerque, graduated from UNM, went on to UNM Law School, Currently, I am a lawyer, married to my wonderful wife. We've been married since 1982. We have three children, one of whom is in heaven. We have one who is a physician and another one who is in the arts and doing quite well in the industry. As a lawyer, I see what's going on in different levels. More than anything, Steve, you know, running for a statewide office like first chair of the Republican Party, it sort of brings me full circle. My dad is a state representative, served for 14 years, elevated himself all the way up to majority whip. And I remember as a young man what the Democratic Party used to be. And uh, the Democratic Party of my dad does not exist anymore, Steve. And it stopped existing a long time ago. It used to be a party that was a big tent. Now, sadly, there's a litmus test. You want to be a candidate. You want to be an officer. And that, to me, is what is so intriguing about the Republican Party. There are no such things as a litmus test. It's just a grand tent of ideas. You can be a conservative. You could be a moderate. You can have ideas of that right to work are a good idea or contrary. And you're welcome. And your ideas are welcome. The whole concept of the First Amendment is really celebrated in the party. Let me tell you one of the things that really intrigued me about the Republican Party. Back in 2010, Harvey Yates, former chairman, invited me into the party. I was still a registered Democrat. I was getting my sneakers on, getting ready to run, not walk away, but run away from the party. But he asked me, what was the big difference between the Democrat Party and the Republican Party, aside from the incredibly obvious? I gave it some thought. I said, Mr. Chairman, you guys pray, and in the Democratic Party, that is no longer okay. You can say Merry Christmas here. You can't say Merry Christmas over there. And that tells you everything you need to know about the Democrat Party. They're a party of small ideas. They're a party of extreme ideologies, of ideas, Steve, that just cannot reconcile with Constitution. You can't reconcile socialism and have a Constitution as we know it. It's impossible to do. So, you know, when I looked at the opportunity to be first vice chair and, and know that there were so many really good quality people interested in running, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of a group of people who might bring change into New Mexico. Finally be able to inform New Mexicans, hey, look, we've been doing the same thing here for 90 years. Look around you. Does it make sense that we keep doing the same thing over and over again? And if the answer is no, then the question begs to be asked, Steve, well, 
what is it that we're doing wrong? And I will tell you, we've been one-party control since the 1930s. And look where it's gotten us. It's not a place we want to be. It's not a place we want our families to grow up in. It's not a place for a business to, to thrive in. I want to be part of that change. And I look at the executive board of the Republican Party. We have some really smart people, dedicated people, whose interests are New Mexico, not the Republican Party. We might use it as a tool, but it is because we want to change the trajectory of the state of New Mexico. So I'm excited about being a small part of this team, Mr. Chairman. Well, now you've said a lot there that uh, we need to unpack just a little bit of that. I think the biggest thing that you talked about was the Democrat Party has become the party of small ideas. We're going to give you a paycheck this month, but you got to agree with how we see things. The Republican Party talks about liberty and freedom and making your own way and finding it within yourself to succeed against all odds. And the Democrat Party says the government is going to take all that and they're going to do it for you. What group of people comes to this country to get on welfare or to be a part of the system, they come here for the opportunity, for the hope. That's the reason that immigration is so important, because it brings new vitality, it brings new blood, new ideas, it brings new people with hunger for success. Talk a little bit more about the values that were part of the South Valley growing up. Well, what's really interesting, Mr. Chairman, is if you go talk to the New Mexicans down in the South Valley, down in my old barrios, their values are those that are reflected within the Republican platform. There's a streak of independence. They are self-reliant. I just want a level playing field, and we'll take care of our families. They believe in families. They believe in God. They believe in the promise of America. I will tell you that my parents, neither of whom got a college education, they always told me that if you work hard, you get up every day, you show up, do what you need to do, you'll do just fine. And what's really interesting, Mr. Chairman, when you start talking about that, you would think that that is a talking point from the Republican Party. Now, those are my grandparents talking. Those are my neighbors talking. Those are Democrats in the 60s and 70s when I grew up. That's what they were talking about. That's no longer the case. You know, Mr. Chairman, growing up, and, and I still have my family's picture of JFK, and I know you've seen that. That's not what your country can do for you, but what you, you can do for your country. Think about those words. Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Those words resonated amongst everyone I grew up with in the South Valley. didn't matter. It's like, hey, you don't ask for your country to do something for you. You go out and you do something for your country, and you do that by being independent, by having a family, believing in the values that make this country strong. That's what we can do. The whole thing is inverted today in the Democratic Party. That's not what they stand for. Now, ask what your government can do for you, because that's a method of control. So when you talk about the South Valley and Albuquerque, and, and frankly, in almost every Hispanic family, there's a pride in, in self-reliance. There's a dignity in hard work. There's a dignity in having that check, that first check as a kid. When you go into the bank and you're signing your name in the backside of it. It's like, I earned this. Those are the values of Democrats in the South Valley, in Albuquerque. And they just haven't been informed often enough that that party they grew up in no longer exists. That party is now our party. That's who we are. We're the party of working families. We're the party of families. We're the party of faith and opportunity and hard work and diligence. That's why I'm here, Mr. Chairman. Any last thoughts as we wrap up on this? And we're going to get you back on the show many times because I like 
what you're talking about, and I think our listeners are going to like it too. But uh, give us any last parting thoughts. Again, we're talking to Robert Aragon. He's the first vice chair of the Republican Party of New Mexico, newly elected last week. A great race with five or six candidates there running, and I'm proud to be on the board with you, Robert. But uh, any last thoughts? Yes, something you could not do as a Democrat. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Merry Christmas, everybody. Great way to end. We're going to be back in the next segment with Bob Graham, so stay tuned for that. He is the second vice chair of the Republican Party, newly elected, just like Robert was last week. So stay tuned for that third segment. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. We are back on Inside New Mexico, and I'm talking with the chairman of our Republican Party, Steve Pierce. Steve, what do we have to look forward to in the upcoming legislative session in Santa Fe? So the big news coming out of Santa Fe as they look forward to the new session is that uh, Mimi Stewart, the newly elected leader of the Democrats in the Senate, is saying that taxpayers are going to have to make up the difference. The pension plans for all public employees across the country are basically bankrupt, and that's true here in New Mexico. They're saying they're about anywhere from 10 to $12 billion short. Keep in mind that our total budget in New Mexico is $7 billion until a year ago. It was $6 billion. And so double the amount of our full budget, and that's the shortfall in the pension plan. They continue to pay out very generous retirements, even though they don't have the money in the bank to do it. And it's taking away from the future. So Mimi Stewart says what all Democrats say, raise the taxes on the public and let them pay more. So she's got a scheme by which taxpayers are going to have to bail this pension fund out to the tune of $600 million a year. And it's going to be staged in 1% a year. Currently, the taxpayers are already paying 15% subsidy into that program, but that's going to go up to 19 and a half, almost 20%. So 4% a year is going to be added $600 million a year year added to that program. So the taxpayers, once again, are going to get stuck so that government workers will earn more when they're working, but then they're going to retire at sometimes 75 to 80 percent of their active duty pay. And so people making 30 to 31, 35,000 a year in the private sector are going to be paying taxes so that people can retire at 50, 60, and 70,000 a year. If you're a superintendent in a school district right now, you're probably making anywhere from 300 to $450,000. You're going to be retiring at probably a couple hundred thousand a year. And we're going to tax people making 35,000 a year, struggling to make ends meet. We're going to tax them more so that those elaborate pension plans can stay in place. Rather than making sure that the actuarial tables work, they're going to stick the taxpayer with higher taxes. So I don't know what else we'd expect coming out of this new progressive legislature, but it's the reason people should be voting for Republicans. So they get business people into office in order to make decisions that will make these pension plans work instead of just raising taxes on people every time that there's a shortfall. So that's what you got to look forward to. We've got Bob Graham. He's the second vice chair of the Republican Party of New Mexico. Bob, welcome to the program. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you come from, where you live, what you do, and tell us about yourself. Well, appreciate the 
opportunity to be on here and talk about that. And thank you for doing this program on an extended basis like you've done. I moved to New Mexico about 15 years ago. I came here as a financial advisor with Everett Jones Company and brought my whole family. We've settled in and uh, decided now since I'm retired, we'd all like to stay here and helping my daughter launch a business. Because of that, I decided I really wanted to get more involved again in the political affairs of the state to try and lift what I believe to be the natural values of the state around family, conservative values, and just things to get back to respecting the people rather than this top-down government approach. So that's one of the big reasons I decided to be the second vice chair of the state party and was fortunate enough to be blessed with being elected for that. Now, you mentioned that you'd like to get re-involved, that you'd like to get involved again. Where were you involved before? What state were you in? And uh, tell us a little bit about your involvement there. I'm originally from Louisiana. I was born, raised, and lived there most of my life. I was involved with uh, chairing political campaigns, involved through the Chamber of Commerce, which I rose to be the president of the Chamber of Commerce before I left there. Also, I was chair of the Economic Development Committee of Southwest Louisiana. All those things brought me back into contact with what I had done for about 10 years before going into the financial services industry. I had been a legislative affairs specialist for three different nonprofits. One was the Agriculture Education Association of Louisiana, and then I spent four years in D.C. working in a division of the American Vocational Association, where I was the executive director of the agriculture education group of that vocational group, and worked on agriculture issues, um, Clean Water Act, uh, as well as education for land-grant universities, community colleges, and high school programs. And in between all of that, getting back to Louisiana, I worked for an international group that was called the American Mosquito Control Association, actually uh, an association out of people involved with the CDC. But all of that was legislative affairs, so coming back to my retirement, I decided, you know, I did that for a long time. I enjoyed most of it. I thought I'd like to take those experiences and put them back to work. But most of my legislative work was in the state of Louisiana. Well, now, you had mentioned that you have been active in New Mexico since arriving here. You're in Santa Fe, if I'm not mistaken. You live there. That's a pretty tough place for a Republican to be in this last election cycle. I noticed that you're working up through Rio Reba County all the way to the northern border and, and maybe even across to the eastern border going through Union and the Harding counties out there to the east. Talk a little bit about that section of New Mexico. It's not one that, that people down in the southern part of the state know very well. So tell us a little bit about what you found on the campaign trail there. Well, you made a good point. Santa Fe is not exactly friendly to Republicans, conservative, or traditional values, and I kind of classify them all three ways. But in my work in business here, I had been coached by some of the leadership of the firm to kind of stay away from my positions on political issues because they would be kind of outside the mainstream and it might affect the business. I've never been one great about that. I had a great relationship with folks that had diametrically opposed points of view to me, and I just approached it with, uh, once again, respecting them and asked that they respect me and found that that was very successful. In branching out and working with the campaign over the last two years, I found that those basic values are throughout northern New Mexico. Family, faith, patriotism, they're the predominant feeling of the people up here. didn't matter whether they were Hispanic, or Native American, African American, or Anglos. It just didn't matter. So found that if you take that respectful attitude, conversation approach, working from San Juan all the way down to Curry County, 
you find a lot of commonality and you have a lot of people that will listen. And I just used a, a technique of getting to know people. It makes all the difference in the world. My approach is kind of summed up from a guy that was one of my heroes growing up and a fellow by the name of Jesse Owens, which may not mean much to a lot of folks. But Jesse, after he went into business, got very involved in youth activities in the African-American community. And one of the things he used to tell folks all the time was when they had a difference of opinion, I see, why don't you and I kind of walk together and talk together over the time in the near future, and let's get to know one another, and I think we can find some common ground. I find that works, and it didn't matter whether it was the deep blue Rio Reba County or the deep red of Curry. Uh, there was a lot of commonality, and it paid off. We made great progress in getting people to recognize their values and start moving away from what they thought existed in their current political affiliations and trying to move over more to where they're, they were surrounded with people that really thought like they did. Yeah, I found the same thing, that you have to first respect their positions and not roll your eyes when they tell you what they believe. And then they're open to hearing you. Many Democrats, and especially across the northern end of the state, believe that Republicans hate them. They believe that Republicans are racist, that they hate Hispanics. One of the successes I had running in the 2nd District of New Mexico was going into areas where they did not necessarily like Republicans. But I didn't ever go in as a Republican. I went in representing them. I went in to hear their viewpoints and explain where I stood, never being critical of where they stood. And I'm finding exactly the same thing that you found, that people will listen to you once. Once they know that you respect and care for them, then they'll listen to you. And so I was able to get much higher vote totals among Hispanic voters than anyone ever thought was possible. Again, we're talking to Bob Graham, the new second vice chair of the Republican Party of New Mexico. So, Bob, keep up the great work. Thanks for being on the program today. Thank you very much, Dave. Appreciate it. As we wrap up our program for this week, I do want to remind our listeners, if you'd like to get involved with the Republican Party of New Mexico, check out the party's webpage at www.gopnm.org. The party also has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. The handle is at New Mexico GOP. For more information, please call party headquarters at 505-298-3662. That's 505-298-3662. For Steve Pierce, I'm Derek Underhill. We'll look forward to meeting with you again next week right here on Inside New Mexico.